Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests discussing the legendary Roswell incident and eerie stories of haunted toys, as well as one man's incredible near-death experience that included what seemed to be a journey to heaven. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Billy Carson with us here as we talk about ancient civilizations and the possibility of life on other planets as well. And astronomer Chris Impey, who's been on the show, Billy, uh, said just a few days ago that he expects alien life to be found, but that it's going to be microbial. I want intelligent life. I want humanoids running all over the place. What are we going to find? Yeah, that he's right on point. I mean, that's what I was going to tell you tonight, that um, obviously they've come forward now and said that there's water. Well, we have been telling people that there's water on Mars in abundance for many years, and we're scoffed and laughed at. Now NASA came out last year and admitted, not only admitted, but showing a mountain with water coming down the side on the press release that they did on TV. Uh, now the next step is as a rover going in 2020. That rover, in my opinion, is going to be the one that will discover the microbial life because everything is on a time scale of disclosure, a very slow time scale, well, probably another 50 years before they actually admit that there's an ancient civilization up there. And then from there, who knows where it goes. But it's a, it's a very, very slow drip-by-drip drip disclosure. And the reason why is because uh, if they just come out and say, look, there's, um, there's people up there or there's remnants of people or at least deceased bodies up there, then now what's going to happen is you've got to, number one, share that information with the world, the citizens of the world, and now you're not, you can't just go up there and do what you want. We're going to want to talk about it. We're going to want to vote on it. We're going to want to make sure that things are being done humanely, that there's a prime directive in place in case we do run into somebody. All these different types of things. What happens if you come back after, t- after being in contact with one of them? Are you going to bring back a pathogen? There's a lot of questions that will arise, but if they don't, um, tell or don't, don't disclose it uh, and use a lot of private space industry to, to obtain this information and technology and, and, and survey the, pro- the land up there, I call it property, <laughs> then they can hide everything from the general public and give a very, very slow disclosure, which I think is what's going to happen. Now, you talk about some uh, discoveries on Venus as well. Explain those yeah. for us, Billy. Yeah, Venus is amazing. A lot of people, um, you know, including myself, were taught that Venus was this scolding hot place and molten lead rain and nothing could live there. But uh, the imagery from the USGS.gov radar imaging seems to tell a much different story (laughs) Uh, because these images, which I provided an amazing assortment of anomalies to Gaia, which are going to be published very soon, including the show that I did with you, uh, show not only just structures, but intact structures. This is where it becomes a little bit different in Mars when you've got intact structures that appear to be sprawling cities on the surface of Venus. And when I saw that right away, I was like, wow, somebody has, have, has, has had to gone there before and seen something. So I started researching and come to find out that Russia sent quite a few missions to Venus. And uh, I think it was Venera 14 that actually landed there and saw something that looked like a, um, like a crab in front of the actual uh, lander. And over the course of three days, it moved around until it was gone. So uh, that was a huge, huge sighting there. And to me, evidence that there's something there, that there's life there on that planet. And uh, if it's so hot there, 
how in the world did all of these missions from Russia descend and land on the planet's surface without the, without the parachutes burning up and dissolving? I mean, I, that's some, some amazing material. If it's, that, if it's molten lead rain coming down on a, on a parachute and it survives, you know, maybe they should have built the Twin Towers out of that material. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this, they're not giving us the full truth about the atmosphere of Venus. Billy, any idea, I, I'll ask you, how all of this started? I mean, I can't find a physicist to explain the so-called Big Bang Theory that uh, we could all understand. Right. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. Now, in my personal opinion, from the research that I've done, it appears to be that we're living in a holographic universe. And uh, that would explain everything, because even the Big Bang can be explained by flicking a switch on. In other words, you turn your computer on, that's a Big Bang every time you turn your computer on. Every time you turn your cell phone on, that's a Big Bang inside of your cell phone. And I really believe that we're living in not only a, a holographic universe, that we're in living inside of a nested reality. And what I mean about that is we could be living in an ancestor civilization, and that ancestor civilization could be, an, could be a, a, a holographic universe of another ancestor civilization and so on. There could be many layers and levels to reality, uh, and we, we, we really could actually be uh, a, a child's science experiment. I mean, it, it could really be that simple. Uh, and what makes me say this is we have a video game out here now called The Sims, S-I-M-S. And in The Sims, there's actual people. You actually have families and communities and so forth, and you can play this video game. You can make these people do certain things. But what science is telling us and what the programmers are saying, within the next 20 to 30 years, these Sims are going to become conscious. So wait a minute. Did we just create a simulation universe? We, we might conscious? have. Exactly. And at some point, are they going to start asking each other, hey, where did we come from, and start researching and trying to figure out? So you see, it's, it's a, now when people hear the word holographic universe, they right away go, oh, wait a minute, we're, are you saying we're not, not real? No, you're real. Everybody, we are, we're real, our feelings are real. Everything we perceive in this universe is, is holographic in nature, and we can't detect it because we're actually self-immersed inside of the actual hologram itself. There's a famous physicist by the name of uh, Sylvester James Gates, Jr., who works at the, he's a professor at the University of Maryland, and he is an expert in supersymmetry and theoretical physics. And in his research over the last 20, 30 years, he's now discovered and has released this information to his colleagues, and they now agree that the ether of the universe itself, the ether of the fluid that we're actually sitting in, has a programming code in it, and that programming code are called adinkras. And these adinkra codes are a specific type of code, the same exact code that runs search engines and browsers. So what does that tell you? Zeros and ones rule this universe. We literally are living in a simulation, a program, a very sophisticated program, but a program of some sort. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.